and welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Half Hour on the Jerry Monkey Podcast Network. My name is Greg Mahochko, and my co-host on the West Coast is Mr. Chad Smart. Hello, Chad, and welcome back to another show. Hello, Greg. How's it going? I'm, uh, if I sound out of breath in this episode, it's because I have a, a strange tickle in the back of my throat that I hope to drown with copious amounts of beer. So, it'll be fun. Mm, what are you drinking? Who's getting a plug that's not a sponsor? Uh, I'm glad you asked. They have been uh, a sponsor on recent uh, episodes on my other podcast. <clears throat> it is Urban Chestnut Brewing Company out of St. Louis, Missouri, and I am drinking their Stan Musial Number no. 6 Classic American Lager. It's a 16-ouncer, it's a point, and it's delicious. Does anybody ever make a beer for Mickey Mantle? Because I think that would be fitting. Maybe up in New York where he was a Yankee, not so much Maybe. in St. Louis. I'm no, sure it's I'm happened. Just, I'm just thinking someone who, uh, you know, who ruined their liver should have a beer named after them. Hold on. Mickey Mantle beer. See, Mickey Mantle. Ooh, wait a minute. <clears throat> Glad you asked. Nope, that's just a picture. Never mind. Um, apparently, Mickey Mantle was drinking Iron City beer. After the 1960 World Series, that's that's why I, uh, Iron City Beer is a, a Pittsburgh-based um, brewery. I was going to say, did the Yankees play the Pirates in the 1960 World Series? That's what I'm trying to find out. World Series history, but that would make sense. It, it was uh, would, uh, it was Yankees, yeah. So, did you know? The last decade, 2000 to 2019, is the first decade the Yankees never won the World Series. 2010 to 19? Yeah. Good. That too. They they need less World Series. That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that has nothing to do with our topic this week either, but... No, this week uh, we're talking all about the pandemic Emmys. The pandemies. Um, sure, I guess they happened. Yep, and there's our coverage. They happened. Uh, actually, <clears throat> this is a topic that I'm excited to cover because, you know, our friends over at Tom and Jim's Top 5 always kept it on the Top 5. They always kept it about things that they really enjoyed. What we're going to do this week is we're going to bury some shit. And uh, uh, we're going to be talking about some of our least favorite movies that we've ever had to endure. Yeah, and this was inspired by a conversation that I recently had with our good friend Tom Skull, the aforementioned Tom and Jim. I don't know which one he was in that scenario, but <laughs> from Tom and Jim's top five, he he had texted me and said that he was missing doing the show because, as loyal listeners should know, Tom and Jim stopped doing their show earlier this year, which was like, I mean, that should have been a sign that 2020 was going to be a rough year to get through, but Due to personal obligations, they could no longer keep up with the show. And he was saying that he missed doing the show and was thinking of coming back and, and uh, asked me for podcast ideas. And I said, do the bottom five, because it seemed like the logical next step in the top five. But but as you know, I do a, a podcast network called Positive Cynicism, where I like to be positive, but I also like to be cynical. So... I don't know if I'm going to, uh, you know, be totally negative about these films. Oh, but yes, on. these are some films that I, I, I see it more as a duty to the listener to say there's so much content out there 
maybe these are some ones you should stay away from and watch other things. And then come back after you've seen all 57,000 movies available. Streaming. You can do these. By the way, uh, Tom, if you're listening, I think yours and Jim's next venture should be, uh, instead of Tom and Jim's top five or even Tom and Jim's, uh, Tom and Jim's bottom five, should you be Tom and Jim's next five? Like start going six through ten. I, I feel like that's a, that's a, a subset, a, a category that's not yet discovered, uh, and fleshed out. So you're right. Movies that people should avoid. There we go. That's a better title than top, bottom five, craptastic. Cinema, Jesus, uh, celluloid. Uh, I can say that I, I've got a few. I don't know how in depth we're going to get on any of these. I have a few, and, and, and I obviously I've seen them all. It's not like Titanic where I can say I, I've never seen it. I'm not going to see it. I know the story. Blech. No, uh, these are all movies that I've seen, and I think I, I think based on our pre-recording conversation, I can throw in a fifth one if we have time. That's one of those overhyped movies just for you, Chad. So, I mean, not, so, not, not just for you because yeah. the movie reminds me of you or anything like that. Yeah. But since you said, you know, you brought the, uh, other category of like, didn't quite meet the hype. So I'm going to let you lead it off since you came up with the topic as you come up with all well, the topics. First, I'm going to ask you a question. And okay. this is something that, uh, we recently had on a episode of out of touchstone a podcast. That I do looking at the history of touchstone pictures. And I said, what is worse? a bland movie or a bad movie? I'm going to say bad. <clears throat> See, I went with bland because a bland movie to me just means why did I sit there and watch it? Whereas a bad movie, at least I have some emotional hatred towards the film. Like I have an emotional attachment with a film that I will hold on. Whereas bland, I'm just like, Oh, okay. That was a movie. I'm moving and, on. And, and I, 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 I see your point, and from a filmmaker's uh, perspective, I could see, you know, their, you know, th their job is not only to make money, but it's to have that emotional connection with an audience, which is tough to do through, you know, a thirty-five millimeter celluloid. LOL, nobody uses that anymore, hardly. Um, but you know, it's it's to hey, you know, love it or hate it, just don't be indifferent about it, you know. And so, <clears throat> to to your point, I think if somebody's completely indifferent. You know, if it's bland, then, you know, that's, that can be, yeah, I agree. It, it can be even worse, but, but for me, I, I think I'd rather have just that personally, I'd rather have an indifferent opinion to a movie rather than be like, you know, storming mad out of it, you know, so. All right. <clears throat> All right. Well, you loyal listener, if you want to let us know over at the Facebook page, Power Half Hour, Greg and Chat's Power Half Hour, you can tell us. Bad or bland? Maybe that should be a Twitter poll. But, uh, yeah, if you see it on Twitter, you know we got around to doing it. If you don't, <laughs> we didn't. So you go over to the Facebook page. Um, and you can follow at Chad Smart for all of these uh, uh, Twitter obligations now that we're putting in place. Um, well, I'm going to start off. And I mentioned the Out of Touchstone podcast. And I, I think I have to start with a movie that we did. Uh, I want to say it was around episode two or three of, of out of touchstone movie I had not seen, but was familiar with. And people, when I said I was going to watch it, a lot of friends too, I think um, said, Oh man, I really love that movie as a kid. It's great. 
And we watched the movie, and it was one of the few movies that we actually watched. Uh, my co-host Mike DeKalb and I watched with his wife and another friend who uh, owned the DVD of this movie. Uh, actually, Mike had bought it as a birthday present because she said she liked the movie. And we're sitting there watching it, and about 30 minutes into the movie, we're like, so this is a comedy, right? Because there was no laughter whatsoever. And that is the Shelley Long movie, Hello Again. And I'm going to guess this is on your like top 50 movies all time list, Greg, knowing your, your taste. I, I can tell you that <clears throat> everything I know about Hello Again, I learned from Out of Touchstone, the podcast with Chad and Mike. It is, it's a movie where Shelley Long uh, dies. A year later, her sister brings her back to life, and she has to you know, deal with everything that has happened in the last year. And, you know, not the most original story. I'm sure there are other films out there, similar plots. Has a decent concept, but zero laughter involved in this film. And it is just so, so bad that... Um, it's pretty much 90 minutes of my life that I will never get back. I'm sorry, Chad. Which, when I do my podcast about bad movies, will be the title of it. Minutes of my life I'm never getting back. I look forward to uh, listening to that some more. My, <clears throat> I'm going to do this the, the cheating way. My first one's actually three. It's not a trilogy. It's just a series of similar – no, I didn't say Siri. I said – my phone just thought I was talking to it. I didn't say Siri. I said a series of uh, similar movies in that they're all, you know, they all have what – what is the – an ensemble cast with, you know, intertwining storylines. And it's going to be Crash. He's just not that into you. And the coup de grace, 2010's Valentine's Day, where, you know, tangentially all these characters kind of know each other or, you know, one individual knows someone from another couple and then the other person in that couple knows. So everybody, you know, you feel these two, they're all beautiful people, you know, uh, obviously, because it's Hollywood. And you, they have these interconnecting storylines. <laughs> Crash is... One of the more egregious, uh, you know, sins in in Hollywood, but Valentine's Day and he's just not that into you. Or just a couple of really vapid uh, movies that are about relationships that don't, you know, they're they're are also artificial and far from far, you know, so far removed from reality that you just can't take them serious. Now, have you seen Mother's Day and New Year's Eve or New Year's Day? Probably not. They sound Which, like they're uh, right along those lines. Yeah, they, and I believe that along with Valentine's Day were all made by a um, guy whose name just uh, slipped my mind, the director of Pretty Woman. Uh, also created Gary Marshall. Happy Days. Gary Marshall, yes. Yeah, shame on him. He should know better. Yeah, uh, I've not seen those, but I have seen Crash and. I can't believe you put it on the list because the message of Crash is so, so poignant. I mean, Greg, did you know racism is bad? 
I I've heard that, um, especially now in these you know turbulent times. And I'm, we're not trying to get play, obviously, you know, but it's you know it's so heavy handed, right? And there's no yeah. there's no subtlety to it at all. It's no. you know everything's so cut and dry, and I can't believe it, and blah blah. And no. Um, so anyway, that's <clears throat> I'm just looking up. Uh, New Year's Eve and Mother's Day not seen. I don't think even think I'd heard of him. But you know, it's it's just not a good sign when they have the same like recurring actors, particularly for. And I don't have it pulled up at the moment, but uh, New Year's Eve, Valentine's Day, um, Mother's Day. I didn't look for. He's just not that into you. But like Jessica Biel, Ashton Kutcher, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, like all these people who are big. Look. The only ensemble that I need is the Avengers, damn it, or uh, the Justice League. And I know that's showing, you know, what, why, you know, these movies aren't even in my demographic. Or I, let me rephrase. I'm not even in these movies' demographic. I'm the guy who gets taken to these movies by his wife or, or you know, girlfriend. I think one of these came out before we were married. But you know what I mean. No, I thought you were talking about having a girlfriend now. Uh, no, I, I – no. Uh, there was – there's a movie or a line from a movie or TV show or something that says, like, I don't have the, the romantic um, – something about mentality, not like, you know, bedroom stamina or anything like that. But he's like, I don't have the – the um, <clears throat> r- r- I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, equipped enough to for one woman, let alone multiple. So we'll go with that. I, I think wow. I do all right. I, I put it together, a nice little festive bouquet for my wife last Friday. I'm uh, feeling good. Well, you talk about ensemble movies, and uh, Tom and Jim, if they're listening, are going to be very disappointed that you left out Days to Confuse. As movies, you said you only need the Avengers. I'm, uh, I want to make sure this is clear that I'm not putting Days to Confused in the category with Valentine's Day and Crash and all that. Days to Confuse is a great piece. Everybody's a comedian. So... I'm not being a comedian. I'm just saying, if you're going to say you only need a certain ensemble films, Days of Confused should be your top one because with the exception of The Outsiders, which I don't even know if that would be considered an ensemble piece, but Days of Confused is definitely one of the best ensemble movies out there. So, But you know what's not a good movie? And it's not even an ensemble film. It's a film that I'm going to guess that uh, you have been fortunate enough not to be familiar with. It's a little movie from 2012 called Francis Ha. What is it and called? It's uh, it's directed by Noah Baumbach, who uh, this year, 2020, was nominated for his film, The uh, A Marriage Story, the Netflix original film, nominated for Best Picture. And Francis Ha is uh, stars Greta Gerwig, who was also nominated this year, um, her, her film Little Women was nominated. And this is a movie that I saw back when uh, Movie Pass had just come out and you could actually use it. And, well, it was also a thing because I believe now it is dead. So I was just going and seeing every movie that was in the theater. And uh, I was getting, definitely got my $30 a month out of it. But Francis Ha is. This is the description of the film from IMDb. It says, a New York woman who doesn't really have an apartment apprentices for a dance company, though she's not really a dancer, and throws herself heading headlong into her dreams 
even as the possibility of realizing them dwindles. This movie is so, it's just so hipstery that I actually saw it, like I said, in the theater. And I think I got, because I will not walk out of the theater and like leave, leave. But I think I got up and went to the bathroom. I went to the lobby like three times during this film. And it is just so, and it's only an hour and a half long. It's actually an hour and 26 minutes, but it felt like I was watching Titanic. And I was just waiting for an iceberg to come along. And uh, if you've not seen Marriage Story either, I, I, you know, this movie, Francis Ha, is, it's got a 7.5 rating on IMDb. I know Noah Baumbach is, is lauded as a great filmmaker. I don't get it. He does not make movies that uh, relate to me, I guess. He's more of the, again, hipstery New York uh, persona, but... Greg, if you've not seen this, don't don't waste your time. I see. I thought we were at least supposed to pick movies that people have heard of, Chad. <clears throat> Sorry, I'm just going with movies that, like I said, robbed me of 90 minutes of my life that I'm never getting back. Okay, well, I've got one for you then, and let's see. Uh, I'm seeing it. Just I just want to find a runtime so I can see if I can beat yours. Uh, nothing's popping up. Where details? Nope, that's not it. Box off. Nope, ninety nine minutes. Okay, uh, you got to go all the way back, year of our Lord two thousand and four, for a little movie starring Ben Stiller and Jack Black, known as Envy. Hmm. I you saw that in the theater. You did. Yeah. You and I were the only two people. I think. <laughs> no, I actually, I saw this. I don't remember the situation I was in. I don't know if I just went with some friends or what, but this movie's god awful. Um, it's uh, written by uh, Steve Adams, director's Barry Levinson, and Ben Stiller and Jack Black are Tim and Nick, and they're friends who, uh, you know, have uh, uh, kind of. Uh, okay, I'll just read the storyline from. Uh, IMDb, best friends, neighbors, and coworkers whose equal footing is suddenly tripped up when one of Nick's harebrained get-rich-quick schemes actually succeeds. Vapoo Riser, a spray that literally makes dog poop or any other kind, for that matter, evaporate into thin air. Ben Stiller's character, he's like, no, that's a ridiculous idea. I'm not on board. And Jack Black's character goes off, you know, a rocket ship strapped strapped to his back. Gets all the money, all the fame, and Ben Stiller's character gets all the, you guessed it, envy. Spoiler alert, towards the end of the movie, uh, I believe it's uh, Ben Stiller's character that uh, sprays Jack Black with the Vapoo riser, and he gets where all the dog poop's been going for months, and he just gets dumped in a pile of shit. So, it's, uh, God, that's horrible. Like I said, I saw this in the theater and I remember sitting there and it was like 10 going on 15 minutes after the start time was supposed to be. And we're still sitting in darkness and uh, I had to go out. I, cause there were only like maybe four or five other people in the theater. So I got up and went out and found a manager. And I'm like, uh, you know, Envy was supposed to start several minutes ago. And she's like, Oh, okay. Let me get on that. So fascinating story. I tell that so greatly. But 
It, um, I, I think I think you actually did the other uh, <clears throat> theater patron a disservice by telling that the movie was supposed to start. Yeah. I was going to say uh, this is a movie that uh, you know if Vapu Riser was a, a thing, maybe you could spread it on on this film and make it go away. Ugh. But you just uh, I don't know. Yeah, all I remember is. Uh, I believe Christopher Walken is also in the movie. Correct. Which, um, and it has, you know, Rachel Weisz and Amy Poehler. Uh, it has a decent little cast to it. It's just a horrible concept. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a bad, bad film. But, and uh, got nothing else to say about it. Please, let's move so, on. I'm going to go um, on to my next film, which when I, I was out of college, but I still had friends in college, and a couple of my friends did. A, for the local student television station, did a film review show called Film Freaks. And we worked out a deal with the local AMC theater at the time that we could call them up and say, oh, we're reviewing this movie for the show, and they would let us come watch the movie for free. Um, basically, the deal was we just called them up and said, can we come watch this movie for free? And they said, sure, which... I don't know how we worked that out, but it was uh, great. And uh, unfortunately, I saw a lot of bad films this way. Um, and the next one is, again, by an acclaimed director who everybody seems to love, one Mr. Martin Scorsese. Hmm, I've heard of him. Uh, yeah, and it's from 1999, and it stars everybody's favorite direct-to-streaming actor, Nicolas Cage. Oh, the best. It's a movie called Bringing Out the Dead. And uh, I believe this is also a touchstone film that I will have to sit through again in the coming year or so, up to 1999 in our series. But it's about a paramedic who, um, according to IMDb, is haunted by the patients he failed to save. An extremely burned out Manhattan ambulance paramedic fights to main- maintain his sanity over three fought, fraught and turbulent nights. And let me tell you, it felt like it, I sat there for three nights <laughs> watching the film. Oh, that's so. a shame. And again, looking at it, it's it's got a really you know strong cast at the top. You know, say what you want about Nick Cage, uh, but Patricia Arquette's in it, John Goodman, Ving Rhames, Tom Sizemore, Mark Anthony, and the rest, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's got potential. What happened, Chad? What happened? It, it's just. Not an interesting film. From what I remember, I know I don't know. Maybe when I have to rewatch it, maybe I will see something that I failed to see the first time around. But I just remember this. Uh, I'll go ahead and lump them here as, as other movies: Stigmata, Wing Commander. Um, those are the only ones that come to mind at the moment. But yeah, it seemed like every movie we chose to go see for free was a good choice in the fact that we didn't waste money on it. Mm. But, I remember seeing okay. Stigmata years ago. Did you like it? I remember it. I do like. I'll, I'll say this. I like. I like Gabriel Byrne. Uh, you know, I think he's a good actor, and uh, I don't know. He just got something about him. But uh, also, you know, being. I I I'm more curious. I I, I say curious more than fascinated, but. You know, movies that have some type of, I don't know, link, even tangentially, even kind of fictitiously to the Catholic Church being Catholic, 
those do, you know, inter- like, I'll be honest with you. I read, uh, Da Vinci code because of the uproar about the Da Vinci code. I'm like, what the hell is all the uproar about? Okay, people, it's, it's fiction. Let's move on. Um, but uh, there's a couple, uh, like, uh, the, the order with, um, Heath Ledger was good. I actually enjoy that movie. It's about uh, a sect of priests who are sin eaters. And, you know, like they give you the last rites. And in doing so, they take your sins in, uh, you know, in themselves, so to speak. And uh, the um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was in a movie that has not like the last days or something like that. End of days. End of days. Thank you. That had against yeah, which similar. has an XFL plug in it. I think one of the characters is watching an XFL game. The original XFL, not not yeah. our newest and soon to be coming back XFL. So, um, but yeah, all right, uh, good good one, Chad. So, no, it wasn't a good one. It was a good good addition to the list. How about that? All right. So I my next one, you got to go back to uh, again 2005. I can I could get into the details about the young lady I was dating at the time. I know that she and a couple of her college friends drove across the great state of Nebraska to come hang out with me. I don't know why. I didn't know I was nothing special. Um, but, you know, kudos to them, I suppose. And the four of us and maybe my roommate or his friend or something like that all went to the theater on a Saturday. Not even like a late show, but like a 6.30 or 7 o'clock show. And I can proudly say I fell asleep during 2000's, 2005's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. You got lucky then because yeah. that is a terrible, terrible film. I can't make myself go back and, you know, I've seen it all the way through now. Like I, I did bite the bullet and be like, okay, I'm curious what I missed. Well, that was a mistake. But like, I can't, I can't bring myself to just go back and watch Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. If I'm going to watch a Chocolate Factory movie, it's going to have to be Willy Wonka. I mean, there's just no, no doubt about it. And, and, uh, it's just something about, <sighs> And look, I understand Tim Burton's particular style, you know, like, I mean, he's had his own style most of his career. And in some, you know, aspects, some, some movies, I, I appreciate his style, but not Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't think we needed to have a, for lack of a better term, stylized Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Um, I'm, I'm just going to stick with the original Gene Wilder's the best, in my opinion, the only Willy Wonka. And, uh, and even in the commercials, and I think on the packaging right now, they still resemble more of Gene Wilder than they do uh, uh, Johnny Depp. So um, I just can't. It's not a good movie. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Roald Dahl. I'm, I'm sorry, Johnny Depp and, and all the kids who didn't make it, uh, who didn't survive the, the chocolate factory. It's, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, there is a bar uh, club out here in L.A. a couple of years ago called Beetle House. And it was a Tim Burton themed bar. And so you walk in, they had a lot of, you know, art inspired by his movies. And then they had people like a Jack Skellington guy walking around and someone else. I can't remember who the other one was, but sitting there talking with a friend. And all of a sudden I turned to my left and there was somebody dressed as the Johnny Depp, Willy Wonka. And that's just frightening to see. And then the fact that he tried to talk to us and wouldn't go away. It was like, no, no, please, just 
I'm, I'm going to have fever dreams after this. What, what, was he talking to you like, uh, like the Johnny Depp version, like hype poisoning or like very patronizing and, you know, trying yes. to talk over you. Oh. And yeah. you didn't get arrested for punching him. Chad, I'm very proud of you. No, I just, we were like, oh, look at the time. We have to, to leave. Is, is Beetle House still there? I don't know. I don't know if anything is still there. Because right. I haven't been out of my apartment in six months. What is what is so, Uber Eats like or DoorDash? Um, it's like paying three times as much for the same food. I'm so sorry. Chad, you need to find a good grocery store. Oh, I have maybe one within a, walking distance. Maybe a bodega? Um, okay. <laughs> I think it's more of a New York thing. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just thought it was in the Hispanic communities. That's what I learned from Ghost Rider on PBS all those years ago. Um, Chad, do you have any any quick honorable mentions we can get to in our last minute or so? Yeah, we were just down to under a minute. I trying to think of other films. I next one that I was going to mention was The Master of Disguise, the Dana Carvey movie that uh, I went and saw with a few coworkers. And when we got out of the theater, uh, one of them turned to my coworker Reggie, turned to Sweeney, who was the one who said we should go see this movie and said, how about next time you suggest a movie, I'll just give you five bucks and you, we can walk out in the parking lot and you can punch me. <laughs> that will be, uh, less, less painful. And in my last one here, uh, as an honorable mention, and I get it, I'm not in the demographic, but it's anything twilight. Like I had to sit through twilight, new moon, number two, or breaking dawn, number two, or whatever that last one was. And after the big climactic fight scene, when it was all, you know, like a who shot Jr. and they wake up and he's alive and it was all just the dream. I'm like, that's the worst. They just took about the best part of the whole movie franchise and, and erased it. <sighs> so bad. Uh, I would love to hear more, but we're out of time. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. Jittery Monkey.